So uh, welcome back to the International Ocean Film Festival and uh, the continued series of fantastic guests. And this has been the highlight interview that I've been looking forward to. We are happy to welcome to the American Shoreline Podcast, Hendrik and Claudia Schmidt, I think, if That's I'm right. pronouncing it right, yeah. who are jet lagged is the organization. The and jet lagged. The, the jet lagged and uh, great filmmakers and premiere to show this year. And uh, welcome to the American Trolling Podcast, you guys. Thank you so much for having us. So you guys are no, uh, you're not rookies to the festival like Peter and I are. You guys have been here for, this is your fourth year? Yeah, that's right, yeah. So tell us, yeah. let's just step it back. Let's go back four years to now. What's What are your thoughts on this festival? You keep coming back. Yeah, it's like um, actually our favorite festival um, we um, attend. So four years, yeah, it's been a long time. You grow old with a festival. Yeah. <laughs> it's like it. Yeah, we um, had a short film on um, artificial coral reefs um, with a technique called Biorock. Yeah. And um, we saw this technique in Indonesia and thought, um, let's, let's have our own artificial reef and build it. And while doing that, we just um, filmed it and made a, made a short movie out of it and actually sent it here to the International Ocean Film Festival and right away we won uh, an award for it. So uh, started with a bang. <laughs> That's what it is. Yeah. That's the way to get going. Year one, year two, and I understand last year I missed the feature film. You guys had a full-length movie last year. Tell us about your submission uh, for 2018. Yeah, 2018, we submitted our um, first full-length documentary uh, called The Patterns of the Ocean about the establishment of the Indonesian manta ray sanctuary. Um, that was put in place in 2014, and it's it's a super interesting story because this achievement was made with the help of citizen scientists, just normal divers and snorkelers with cameras who took pictures of manta ray bellies, and uh, they, they gave these pictures to the scientists, and they were able to just discover individuals and track their migrations and it's such a wonderful success story that we wanted to share with um, the world. Now I think one of the interesting things here uh, we'll get to this year's film in just a second but uh, uh, clearly uh, we have we can hear your accents so let's hear a little bit about you're called the jet lagged it's a it's an apropos name (laughs) you've come quite a ways. Yeah, yeah, we're like uh, we're based in Germany, so that's um, the place where our um, editing studio is. But we try to um, get away from Germany as many times as we can in a year, so we travel a lot and film all the time. And so we, um, well, yeah, we always try to be away, awake, and diving. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> and you guys are otherwise in the Philippines, is that right? Yeah, Indonesia. I'm sorry, Indonesia. That's Indonesia. Right. Um, oh, our man. favorite island there, our second home, is Gili Travangan. That's near Lombok. It's um, at Bali, and um, yeah, we, we go there like now is, as much time as we can. Is that the place that was featured in your VR thing when we are we kind of sitting on the top with you guys looking down on the bay? Oh, my God. It was that beautiful. That was so great. And that was actually a different place, oh, also really? in Indonesia. Oh, okay, um, okay. Yeah, so that was Raja Ampat, okay. uh, which is off the coast of West Papua, and it's a marine protected area and a very, very special place. I'll tell you, you guys are uh, you guys are making some really important films, and I mean, clearly you're you're involved in the festival. You have uh, your turtle film this year, which was gorgeous, and we'll talk about that now. And uh, this virtual reality experience that I just uh, did, and it's both are really cool, and uh, clearly you're extremely productive. I'm w- between all this traveling, you guys are making some serious stuff. 
So let's hear a little bit about this uh, this turtle film, Fragile. Um, yeah, Fragile is actually the film that was shot on Gili Trawangan, the island Hendrik mentioned, which yeah. has become over the years our second home in Indonesia. And what kind of struck us on this island is that they had um, like aquariums um, titled Turtle Sanctuary with hundreds of baby turtles in very shallow water and the water didn't look too clean and they were keeping them there and feeding them there and kind of advertising it to the tourists uh, by saying well we're keeping them there until they grow a little bit bigger and are stronger and more fit to survive in the wild but then we learned that's actually not what baby turtles need and we thought we, we have to help these poor creatures that are kept in captivity. They can see the ocean, but they cannot get there. Um, and this was the mission of, of our film, to explain why baby sea turtles, after they hatched out of their nest, have to get into the ocean as fast as possible. It was really interesting, and it was something I didn't know, which, that, I mean, the, the, the point of view really is leave them alone. They are adapted to the experiences they're about to go through and they need it the diving for example you talked about the mm -hmm. depth of the captive water pools and that they don't uh, develop their lungs in the same way they aren't imprinted in the same way yeah. that this sentiment of kind of picking up the baby turtles and keeping them till they're bigger because we don't want them to get eaten by a seagull is a misplaced idea yeah, that's right. Um, and it's important to know that the people who are running this sanctuary, they are not aware that right. what they're doing is not really helping the sea turtles. And m many tourists who go there also don't know. They think they're actually doing something good. So for us, it was important to, well, educate the people, educate the, the audiences, and also make them question whenever they see an animal in captivity. Is it, yeah. is it really like good for, for the creature Almost or not? Almost never really. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I mean, it sounds really romantic to, to go those, to those places, which are actually existing a lot in, in, in Asia, um, to, to pay a fee and then take a baby turtle and bring it to the beach and, and release it and with your girlfriend wow. on the beach. And Jeez. it sounds really wonderful and everyone wants to do it. But um, those turtles actually don't have any chance of survival. Wow. Yeah. That is a remarkable uh, thing for people to understand because I don't think we yeah, they've, are they're, that. they're evolved to emerge in mass right. and yeah. at night and all go in and of course it's a probability game for the species. Uh, there's a reason why one nest, one mating pair produces, I don't know how many, you, you'll know, how many eggs is in a nest? Yeah, about 80 to 120 eggs. Yeah. Yeah. So that that the probability on that is you know to 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 recreate two turtles, um, you know they're not all making it. Yeah. Um, but the, the, the well, please, Heinrich. Well, the problem is they're going to wait in shallow waters to get fed by the hand of man, actually, because they get uh, the yeah. fruit like at the same time every day. So they will just stay there and um, wait right. for someone to give them something to eat, and this will not happen. Yeah. yeah and also, they forgot how to. They don't have that imprint instinct anymore, what you mentioned. So the baby turtles imprint their home beach. And when, when yeah. they are good to lay their own eggs and create their own nest, like 20 to wow, 25 years later, they will return to their home area, their home beach. It sounds yeah. very destructive when you add up all of the implications for the turtles. And the other one that y'all put in the film was the notion that these are solitary animals and mm -hmm. once they're out of the nest they go to sea and they are alone and when you glob them all together in these tanks and it looks real cool to the tourists uh, that aggressiveness they don't behave properly and 
I have to say, in watching a couple of films where there were turtles and tanks, I was watching it with a completely different eye and noticing the aggressive behavior between the critters in the tank. And that was not a film. It wasn't your film. It was another film. And I was like, oh, that's what they that's what they were talking about i saw it yeah it was very instructive um as filmmakers and folks who have spent a lot of time down in indonesia and off of papua new guinea which uh, some of the most extraordinary reefs in the world um how's it looking down there yeah that's a good question Mm -hmm. yeah um well we have we have to stay positive somehow right um well we actually we saw a big destruction um, of um, the El Nino. It was like the warm water phenomena in back in when was it again? Uh, 2015 to 17. Wow! So, so over we've, two years, yeah. we've been to our favorite um, reef in Indonesia and actually just saw saw it die out within three weeks. So like it was completely white, yeah. completely bleached by hot water temperatures. And uh, even even like um, on 35 wow. meters down there, the temperature was still around 30 degrees. So even like um, big table corals, like two meters in diameter, just like died away. Yeah. That's that when you told me that that the bleaching events were at that water depth, which typically you think of as a very stable temperature regime at that deep down, that really shocked me. Yeah, and it was definitely a shocking um, situation for us. We were like, you were crying. I'm, I'm like, I was crying in my mask actually, yeah. adding some salt water into that. But um, wow. we we also made a film about it. It's, it's called The Pale Horse. So if you're interested in that, just go on our website, um, thejetlag.com, and you can actually watch that film and see the destruction down there. Yeah. yeah. But that's just one of the things that are actually destructive to the reefs there. So people in Indonesia, they and all over Southeast Asia, they did a lot of dynamite fishing in the past. So yeah. they were using kind of like bombs to blast the reef, um, not to damage the reef, but to kill the fish. Right. And then just pick up the fish. Right. Um, yeah. But of course, that has a devastating effect on the reefs. So that did a lot of damage there as well. Um, well, luckily in Indonesia, they are aware that they have a very special underwater world. They're in the heart of the Coral Triangle, which is the most biodiverse underwater region on our planet. And so they have some designated um, marine marine parks, national marine parks, marine protected areas. And it's it, the, the difference is, is striking. It's really? immense. It's just incredible. So, for example, Bali has some protected areas. Komodo is also... Um, a marine national park um, and it's intact so you see healthy coral reefs healthy fish populations and also Raja Ampat of, of Papua which is a huge area and, and part of it is even a no-take zone and there you can see the ocean as it as it really should be and probably was in a lot of different places so and we just hope that they will expand these places they will add new um, marine parks not only in Indonesia I mean that that counts yeah. globally because it really makes a difference if you leave one place alone it can rebound the the ocean is so resilient it will recover in the in that area um is heinrich when you're there and it, are, it, are, are these marine pe- protected areas it sounds successful it means they must have the resources to enforce the limitations is it pretty good you're pretty happy with how that's working out um what they do actually is they 
they take the fishermen and give them another um, opportunity to make some money. I mean, mm. those people are just there and try to, to feed their family on a daily basis. Right. And you need to offer them an alternative. So um, what happened in Misul, for example, that's uh, south of Raja Ampat, is um, they actually like invented like ecotourism. So yeah. those fishermen who got out, got the fish, now take tourists with them and um, show them the beauty of the ocean. And those and the money which is made goes back into that society and doesn't just doesn't go to the state A and theme and goes away and they also turn them into rangers so they're paying oh, them to um, take their boats and go out there and check if there's any poaching going on any illegal fishing going on so that's that's the second thing that's adding to the ecotourism thing but obviously the rangers are also paid by tourists coming to that area and I think a big yeah. point is also it's not it's not the fishermen in that area it's always the big industry behind it who actually makes the money by Exploit, exploiting our oceans. Yeah, well, um, I'll tell you what, guys. Uh, I want to talk just really quickly because one of the things that really impressed me about um, both of the products you had here today, including your, your film and the, the VR experience, is uh, your craftsmanship. I mean, filming in and around the ocean is hard. Uh, and tell us just breeze through some of the equipment you used on fragile let's just hear like the the camera the lens your uh, obviously your your work in scuba scuba equipment as well walk us through that so, typical day of shooting <laughs> well underwater i am using a panasonic lumix gh5 okay. nauticam housing um some macro lenses but it's basically nauticam underwater gear um, we dive with Excel wetsuits. Now, is that the one that you can change lenses with underwater? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's okay. one of the reasons why I got that so camera got, and that housing. Yeah. We got to yeah. talk about that because yeah, okay. that's badass. <laughs> so you can, yeah. you know, if you think about this, if you're, if most people I imagine think about a underwater camera as like a camera with a plastic or metal housing around it that keeps it dry. But that's not what you all are doing, right? Like this, you're using a lens that is wet, it can get wet. And in fact, the space between the camera, the, the actual camera aperture, I guess, and the uh, lens has water in it. And it, that's the way it's supposed to work. It's designed like that. Yeah, the lens of the camera doesn't get wet. It doesn't have uh, okay. water in it, but there is a dome port. And to that dome port, I can attach either a macro lens or um, a wide angle lens. And, and these I can change underwater. Yeah, so, because yeah. you know how it is. And in the moment you jump in with a macro lens installed, you will see the whale shark. And the moment you have the white lens on, you will see the nudibranch of your life. Mm -hmm. So um, it's really a good thing to change the lens underwater. Yeah. Yeah. So you're getting in. So like, let's just talk about, you know, the mechanics of that. You, you jump in the water. Uh, you have a shot list for the day. Do you know what you're looking to get? Well, no. Yeah, so you <laughs> kind of no idea because like underwater everything just comes by. You, you have like no idea what right. is going to happen. You can't all that choreograph time. that. I mean, yeah. if if you have like a certain object or a certain animal you really want to see, like for example an octopus, and the moment you're going to find that, you're going to spend the rest of the dive with that animal, of course. Yeah, but um, you always have to look behind you, like in the VR thing. Yeah. If you don't look mm -hmm. behind, you're going to miss out. And maybe there's that whale shark of the day coming by. Yeah. So and and that's the beauty of that that you always you are surprised, and that's why people should go diving because you never know what's going to happen next. When you're conceiving the subject matter of your film, um, I mean, Fragile, it sounds like, started with a very specific uh, 
subject that you wanted to understand, portray, and educate people about. Um, the previous films, how, how have they come together? How have you shaped them? How did you come up with the ideas to, to, for the films? So we always try to tell a success story so that everyone who's actually seeing those films and, and see the problems which are in the oceans, um, that we give them like the chance to, to actually change something. And there are a lot of people out there who are actually every day trying to save our oceans. So we always try to get a story of someone who makes a difference. And um, while you're traveling, you we just meet those people most of the time and just like become friends with them, know their story, what they're working on, and then we decide if it's worth a film or not. Yeah. Yeah. Like we started actually with the idea of um, just showing the beauty of the oceans. But when you do that for a couple of years, you will start to see the problems which are definitely there. Yeah. And um, yeah, film is um, a powerful tool, right? So um, pictures can change the world. And so um, that's how we try to make a difference. Well, you have anything to add, Claudia, to that? No, absolutely not. He's, he's totally correct. Yeah. So, yeah, I think and the essence is all of us can make a difference. And no matter how small it is, it'll contribute to a much bigger picture. And that's kind of what we're trying to tell with our films. Everyone can make change and make an impact. Is, is it, can you tell, have you been uh, in the communities that you've lived in and worked in um, and gotten to know um, is it evident that there is a change of attitude? Are you beginning to see a different understanding of the issues that concern you in uh, ocean? Yeah, slowly, I would say. I mean, not fast enough, not, not as fast as we would like to, but of course we are always talking about the issues, showing people our films, and um, we've seen some people change or um, change their behavior, uh, parents, family members, so uh, they feel guilty if they're using <laughs> single-use plastic or straws or things like that. So um, it's definitely spreading, and I hope that they are not only changing themselves but also sharing that, uh, well, different attitude with their friends and, and family members too. Um, yeah, it's not. It's not. Let's say it's not easy to go to a fish restaurant with the two of us. We could <laughs> yeah. consider them friends. But a big problem in the oceans. It's uh, everyone actually knows about it. It's plastic, right? Yeah. So um, when you are in Indonesia and you like you are at the beach and there's like a, a local family, they're gonna like have picnic in front of the shoreline and then they're gonna throw their plastic just right on the beach. That's something which is hard to change because we gave them that plastic and it's, it's, it's also Correct. a sign of wealth for them. So um, they actually enjoy the plastic as much as we did in Western worlds. And if I remember the beaches of Italy back in the yeah. 80s, it was completely literate. It was the same behavior. Same in Texas. Yeah, yeah. But um, there was a change in our countries, mm -hmm. definitely. The beaches are more or less clean now except for cigarette butts. But um, I think that change will also come to Indonesia. And the Indonesian people are actually changing their behavior a lot. They really want to make it right. Well, they have some of the most special, as you said, Claudia, some of the best reefs in the world. It's fantastic, and it is also a precious economic resource for the communities uh, as well. I mean, it's part of the heart and soul of the tourism economy, I would think, down well, there. Well, uh, this ecotourism transition that you guys were describing has been a theme, I think, in a number of films and a number of the people we've spoken with about yeah. uh, how showing uh, showing that there's an, a, a market for an economy built around uh, going out instead of 
eating a shark fin soup, going out and diving with a shark. That's it. There's much more productivity in the in the latter. So yeah, plus there's a lot of more money in. I mean, oh, totally. I mean, if you sell a hammerhead shark on the market, you will get like twenty to forty bucks. If you um, go out with a couple of divers, they will pay hundreds of dollars just to try to see it, and you cannot even be sure that you yeah. are going to see it. So you have to try the next day and bring the same amount of money. And yeah, yeah, that yeah that's great. Ecotourism is actually one of the, the the key facts that drove Indonesia to protect the manta rays, which is the topic of um, our film from last year. Um, just to give you some numbers, manta ray trade, like trading their body parts, mainly their gill rakers to China and other countries in thous- Southeast Asia, um, brings about half a million dollars into the Indonesian wow. communities. While as manta ray tourism in Indonesia alone is worth 15 million US dollars. Wow. So that economic factor was definitely one of the reasons why Indonesia decided to protect the manta rays. Fantastic. Well, it makes dollars and cents. Dollars and cents. Uh, Heinrich and Claudia from Frankfurt, Germany. The jet lag. Tell our listeners where, if they're interested in your work. And look, this is a short interview because there's a session of films that we want to go see, and we have to have you guys back afterward if that's possible. <laughs> but uh, how, do, how do people yeah. hear from? How do people follow your work? You want to tell that, Claudia? <laughs> well, first of all, people can go to our website www. Thejetlag.com. Mm-hmm. Thejetlag.com. Okay. Thejetlag.com. And then we're also uh, very active on social media. So uh, the Jetlag on Facebook, on Instagram, YouTube, Vimeo. Right. Um, all over. All a good regular. follow. A good follow. Well, thank you guys uh, for this introductory discussion because this has got to continue after the next set of films. Uh, Heinrich, it's been a pleasure meeting you and uh, Claudia and understanding the work that you're doing is absolutely fantastic and we really appreciate you dropping by thank you so much for having us thank you so much yeah